Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you for joining us. I am here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And we are so grateful to have the opportunity to bring you into the housing hour today. And we're excited about our show. We're beginning to get in the holiday season, Mark. Mm-hmm. I love this time of year. We all love this time of the year. And also, don't forget, you can connect with us by going to thehousinghour.com. Um, that is the treasure trove of all of our information, as well as we're on the Facebook, facebook.com slash thehousinghour, and on Twitter, at thehousinghour. And you can find Mark on Pinterest, so check him out there. He would love for you to go check out his pins. Um, and today, we are very excited to have on the line with us a, it's an organization that we have partnered with the last several years. Um, I've been a part of it with my small group in the past, and we just really love what the Operation Christmas Child does. So we have on the phone Vicki Humphreys. And Vicki, hey, how are you today? Great to be with you. Oh, we're so glad to have you. We're very glad to have you. And I know that the Operation Christmas Child is such a special program, and we've followed it for a long time now. And the concept is so, so very, very simple, and it it, it delivers such an incredible blessing to people all across the world. If you don't mind, could you just kind of give us the 30,000-foot view, Vicki, of, number one, what you do and, and what it is that Operation Christmas Child is all about? Sure, sure. I'd be happy to. So I am the area coordinator for um, Knoxville, and we're one of uh, a number of area teams around the the country that support Operation Christmas Child year-round. So we move the ministry forward on a a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis, and I lead about a a team of about 35 volunteers. And we um, support those who participate as well as encourage others to come along and be a part of it as well. Um, So Operation Christmas Child, for those who don't know, uh, is a project of Samaritan's Purse. Uh, We collect shoebox gifts filled with uh, school supplies, hygiene items, and fun toys, and we deliver them to children in need around the world. And our purpose is to demonstrate God's love in a tangible way to those children and together with the local church worldwide, which is a key part of our project, uh, we want to share Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's that that big view of the project. And it does such a wonderful thing. It does connect, you know, people who are in America or beyond, not just there, but it allows for people to be able to connect sort of what their faith is and what they believe to be an important aspect of their faith journey, which is, you know, giving back and sharing the gospel, doing those things. And it's able to be done in sort of a tangible way. And it delivers such hope, such, such amount of, I mean, just happiness. When you see on your website, we'd love to direct you to Samaritanspurse.org. And for those out there, we'll have that connected also to our website as well. But if you just go and look at the smiling faces, that's enough right there. And I think that um, when I have in the past been able to, when we've, we've done it every year, I'm looking at, you know, hundreds of boxes that are right now getting ready to be packed up. But I know that when we do it, it's, it's such a such a blessing to the person who is being a blessing. Wouldn't you say that's a big part of the equation here? 
It really is. It really is. You know, we we hear in uh, God's word that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. And I know I experienced that firsthand. Um, and so we want that shoebox gift to be an expression of kindness and of love, that unconditional love that would make a child and even their parents because of the way this multiplies out into families and communities to say, who would do this and why would they do this? And that's part of uh, that outreach that happens with every shoebox that goes out. They're given out in at an outreach distribution where they receive a booklet that has Bible stories that talks about God's redemptive plan, and they're able to uh, come back and be invited back for a 12-lesson discipleship program called The Greatest Journey and to learn about serving God as well as how to share their faith with others. So, you know, the, the, the items are great, and being able to bless a child in that way is wonderful, um, but there's something about telling um, parents or uh, even the leaders of a country, we want to give a gift to your children that opens doors, and that's such a key part of this project is the way that it opens doors and becomes an opportunity to share the gospel. Vicki, one of the things that I noticed years ago when my kids I got my kids involved in doing this. The first time I saw it, and it's been a while back that Samaritan Purse has been a part of it, but uh, was when I got the boxes, I, I never seen such excitement on my kids filling the boxes as we went around to the stores. Yeah. I, that kind of blew me away, that they would be so involved in getting those shoe boxes filled. I guess you probably hear a lot of stories like that. Yeah, we love that, and that's how actually how I got started is I had young children, and, you know, just watching your kids grow up, you realize it's really easy to be selfish. And so trying to lead them along the path of being generous, being compassionate, this project, as I learned about it, was just, it was like an electric moment for me going, that's what I was looking for. And I saw it happen readily for years. It's a tradition in our family and has become so, obviously. But, um you know, when you fill a shoebox, and I do this as an adult, I put things in it that I like or that I really liked as a child. You know, I loved jumping ropes, so I put jump ropes in my box. So you're able to connect even as an adult, but especially for the kids. You know, when they put something in a box that they really like and then they give it away, it's really a heart lesson. And, and when so does the... You're right. When does the selfishness go away for the kids again? <laughs> <laughs> and the adults, right? True, true. You know? <laughs> no, that, you, make a very valid, you. you make a very valid point, and we saw that to be true when we had it with our small group, and everyone was involved, and it was, you know, neat because we made it, you know, at that same time, we made it sort of a full event, so we had a, we made a birthday yeah. cake for, for Jesus and, you know, those type of things, and um, you know, you so you can incorporate any kind of tradition that maybe you want, but the key is it's not just about presence. It's not about always taking and consuming because that's what the world will teach you. It's also about mm-hmm. you know giving back. And like you mentioned, you know when when you think about making disciples of all nations and that and that that sort of the Great Commission. It's it's not about being on TikTok or whatever the tactic or whatever it is. You know, there's there's some mm-hmm. important things that we can do to bless other people. And and you know what, a box, I don't know what is it, probably fifteen dollars. I don't know how much the the yeah. the cost yeah. is. 
Right, right. Yeah, about that. You go, yeah, just go to the dollar store or, you know, one's Walmart or Target and, and um, or you can, you know, gather things throughout the year and have a packing party together. And you're right. It's not when you think of where we live and how much opportunity we have to um, have things. It's so um, um, redemptive within our lives even to be able to say, I'm going to give things away. I'm not just going to be collecting for me. So, um, so yeah, great stuff. And Franklin Graham, who I believe was the founder of this whole Samaritan's Purse, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? He, um, the idea came actually from a man in Wales okay. who um, called him and asked him, hey, would you all like to do this? And that was the start of it. Originally, the boxes were specifically given to a country that was war-torn. And then when um, that first year it was to Bosnia in 1993, and then it grew from there. Um, Oh, that's neat. uh, Yeah. I did not know that part. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, it grew exponentially. I mean, 28,000 boxes the first year in the United States. And, um, you know, this year... Our goal is 9.1 million in the United States. Wow. Is that crazy? That's a big um, and number. And then 11 million worldwide. So, because uh, we're, we're not the only country that collects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, of course, the boxes go typically to about 100 countries each year. About 160 countries have, been, uh, have received boxes since uh, it began. There's videos um, out there, and I would direct people to your website again, because if you like to learn more about just, you know, what the impact is, because I think that's maybe lost in all of this. We get into the hustle and bustle and, you know, you send packages to nephews and nieces and all of these different places. And, you know, you may or may not hear back something um, and you may or may not hear back something from whoever your box goes to. But you do know right. that if done in the right way and for the right motives, that God is going to see that that finds the right person, and that's the true blessing in all of this. So when we get back from this break in just a moment, I'd like to talk in our last segment with you a little bit about how to pack a box and, you know, what is appropriate to put in a box and maybe what isn't and get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts. Now, we're just a few days away here from actually coming to, to collect the boxes, so we need to make sure that everybody understands the timeline here. And we'll get into that and much more with Vicki Humphrey. She is the area coordinator for Operation Christmas Child. We're excited to have her on. So we'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host and Pinterest star. Thank you guys for joining us. We're very excited to be here and um, really a great guest with us today talking about stuff around the holidays. And this is that time of year. We have so many different things that are just so fun to be a part of. And it all has to do with giving back and being a part of a community means that you can you can provide you know your skill your talents your your if that means money whatever it is um, some people have more talents than others Mark right wouldn't you agree and so some of the people 
maybe you're not good at certain things, but maybe you're good at packing shoeboxes. And what a blessing that that is. And, and the things that, that they get out of it are so overwhelming. The stories that I have read, the things that I have listened to, and the videos that you guys have created have all been so, so just inspiring. And, and Vicki, I guess this is something you do year round. Is this something that is your year round job or is it seasonal or how does that work for you? Round volunteer, uh, which is an official volunteer with Operation Christmas Child, and we certainly invite those who have a heart for uh, the ministry. I used to drop my shoeboxes off in, during National Collection Week and just kind of feel like, well, what do I do now? Which right. was kind of my first clue that I would like to be involved more. Mm. Um, originally, the project was meant you know, to give the boxes out between when they're collected in November and Christmas, but the project um, has grown so exponentially that it's not really possible to do that anymore. You can't really deliver, you know, 11 million shoe boxes in uh, five weeks anymore. Yeah. So that's a good problem to have, but it's still meant to share the real meaning of Christmas, hence right. the name of it. And for the kids, it doesn't really matter what day of the year they get it. The message now, is still there and very strong. Now, my producer cut you off at the very beginning of that, so sorry about that. But um, <laughs> you said that you did, this was year-round, is that correct for you? Yes, okay. I do that's do what it year-round. Yeah, I, the, 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 me, I'm the producer today. So <laughs> I actually did, uh, had you muted for just a second, but I think I got, I, we got 90% of it. So it's a year round okay. thing for you, which is really, I think that's important because there brings continuity and the message stays the same. And you being sort of the area coordinator, I'm sure that your volunteers, you've become connected to them and they've also become like probably family in some cases. So that's really probably amazing. You probably love what you do very much, I would assume. I do. I love it very much. And there's so many out there that are participating or maybe they're the project leader at their church or, you know, like with a business or a community group. And so um, there is that camaraderie of, of um, joining together and being able to uh, support each other um, in, with this uh, great ministry. And, hey, Vicki, tell me about the, the evolution of the shoebox, because I remember back in the day, probably in, in the early 90s when we were doing this, maybe mid-90s, um, we would just find the largest shoebox that we could find to fill up because we wanted to pack everything in it because <laughs> there was no really right. guidelines. But now I think it has to be a specific shoebox, right? Well, it does not have to be a specific one, but you're encouraged to use a standard size shoebox simply because um, the cartons that they go in uh, onto the shipping containers, that makes it um, more streamlined. And also just at the uh, shoebox distribution, you know, if you hand a child a big boot box and then the next child gets, you know, just a regular size shoebox, kids are kids all over the world. And so uh, that, that boot box really could be two or three regular size shoeboxes. And so we just encourage that people... Um, fill a standard size shoe box for those reasons. So Mark, your Skechers shoe boxes for your, for right. your shoes are probably just fine. Um, <laughs> but, but, but and, yeah, you can still use a standard or a regular shoe box. Yeah. You don't have to use one of the pre-printed ones, but we do have those around as well. And, and those are, are great to use. So, yeah. yeah. And we have some for, I mean, again, the collection period's beginning very, very soon. Correct. Um, what day is that? The 18th that I see, or what, maybe I'm wrong. 
Yes, our National Collection Week starts November 18th okay. um, and runs through the 25th. Now, let's get into the nuts and bolts because we're, we're already down to only six minutes left. Um, the nuts and bolts would be, number one, find a shoebox. Obviously, you know, average size cardboard or plastic shoebox. I used to get them when I was at the Dollar Tree. You can buy those little. Mm-hmm. Um, those work perfectly. Um, but we also have, like you mentioned, the shoebox sizes that's recommended and they're pre-printed, so you don't have to wrap them. They already have a very beautiful um, decorations on them. You can then put yeah. what they're a girl or a boy, and they're the right size. And you don't want people to tape them, correct? Or you do want them to tape them? Uh, we do not want them taped closed. You can yeah. put a rubber band around. Rubber them, band which is a preferred. Transporting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. And then the other thing is, you want to choose. Do you? A girl or a boy. You've got age ranges, and and then you guys are very specific about the age ranges and give suggestions on the website too, correct? That's right. So uh, once you pick that gender and that age category, which is 2 to 4, 5 to 9, or 10 to 14, then that helps you decide what you're going to put in them. That's great. And so for the suggestions, I mean, we could go on and on about suggestions because I think the, the most important one for me is in, I mean, this is just the way it is, is that you want to have that centerpiece, kind of that, that aha, that wow moment when the child opens yeah. the box. It's, what, could some of, what are some of the suggestions for that? So um, what we have seen over the years, and it's kind of cool to be able to uh, see the kids over the years and what they uh, really react to. So um, baby dolls and stuffed animals are wow items for sure. An mm-hmm. item of clothing can be a wow item. A soccer ball is probably at the top of the list, and you can get soccer balls, um, and either they can co- come deflated or you can deflate them and have a pump mm-hmm. and a needle in there, and um, that's one of the greatest wow items um, that you could put in there. Um, um, or you can, for some, some people are even starting to put some things like some tools in there for the older boys or mm. um a sewing kit that has some fabric for the, the older girls. And that doesn't mean don't put something fun in there. We're not, you know, you know, wanting them to just have those things. But, you know, something that maybe can encourage them in a trade or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, Boys um, can sew, too. Yeah. yeah. Boys yeah. can sew. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, That's I, true. Yeah, yeah, don't want to be sexist here. Right. What about <laughs> batteries? Because I've always heard that uh, a commodity for them were a lot of, Batteries, double A, triple A's. Yes. Is that still permitted? They lo- well, and they love. Speaking of batteries, flashlights are a yeah. really great gift to put in them. Um, and so, yeah, batteries are great. If you um, do that, it's great to tape the ends of them, put them in a Ziploc bag, just to you know they go they go a long way. And some of them um, are in a lot of heat sitting a lot of heat in those shipping containers into the warmer countries. And so, just to be to keep that from um, uh, hurting the box in some way. What is so cool about your all site is that if you go and you know this because it's your site, but um, it's very simple. You go to gifts, gift suggestions, and then you can toggle between two and four, five and nine, ten and fourteen, and then even get down even a little more granular down to the personal care items. What are the suggestions for two to four year olds or five to nine year olds? I mean, that is yeah. pretty pretty awesome. And a couple of things to point out before the two minutes runs out that we have left, here's some things not to include. Candy, toothpaste, gum, 
Um, you don't want to put damaged items in there, guys. Come on. Um, War-related items, that's probably not a good idea because you don't know where this is going to end up. Right. And it could end right. up in a place that's in conflict right now, right? Yes, exactly. That's exactly why we choose not to put those in there. Yeah. No guns, or I guess toy guns. Definitely no guns and definitely no toy guns. Um, no knives or military figures. That's what the war-related items are. Um, and food, you, you don't want to include any perishable items, correct? Yes, that, that causes problems getting through customs. It can attract bugs in transit, so those kind of things. Well, even non, you wouldn't basic. even want to send non-perishable items, right? Just no food right. whatsoever. Gotcha. Right. Because I said perishable items, and people will think, oh, well, then we can do non-perishable items, but no perishable I items. didn't know that about toothpaste. I didn't. thought you. I yeah, thought that's you the either. newer rule. Oh, right, yeah. Right. Because it has an expiration date on it. That can be an issue getting through ah. customs. So, and just the reality of anything that a child would put in their mouth or ingest, you know, you know, just in our world today, parents, you know, rightly so, are concerned about that, not knowing who the gift came from. And so right. we don't want to, yeah, yeah, stir that up. Huh, that's interesting. They check expiration dates. That's pretty cool. I wish that my local grocery store would start doing that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. Well, um, Vicki, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, just sort of laying out for us the importance of Operation Christmas Child. And um, hopefully if you have questions or if you have anything out there, guys, that, that are listening, you can go to thehousinghour.com. You can get the information about the show today. And also we'll have Vicki's information there as well. And you can go directly to their website, which we'll have on our website as well, but it's SamaritansPurse.org and learn more about what great things that Vicki and her team are doing. Vicki, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Yeah, it's great to be with you. We look forward to seeing people during National Collection Week and seeing the boxes flow in. Absolutely. Well, we hope to definitely have you back next year, if not sooner. Vicki Humphreys with the Operation Christmas Child. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And guys, continue with us. We've got two more segments of some excellent, incredible stuff coming right up. We'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you guys for joining us. We're excited to be here getting into the holiday season, which means there is a, a new sort of um, highlight or spotlight on uh, charitable activities, which, you know, really shouldn't be that way, if you be honest with you. We, we should try to make that a year-round thing, but, and, and a lot of people do. I'm not taking away from, from the companies and the people and the individuals that do that, and maybe the housing hour ought to take a page out of that exact advice and do more of these types of shows, but we do a fair share of them, however, um, today, of course, we had a great first two segments with Operation Christmas Child, and today now we're also having with us in studio, and we're so thankful to have her in, is Danita McCartney. Is that how you say that correctly? Uh, that just rolled off my tongue. No, you did well. You thank did you. Well. Thank you. Um, well, first of all, you're with CARM, Knox Area Rescue Ministries, and you're in studio, the MIG Studios. What do you think so far? I think it's awesome. You like it? Yeah, okay. I'm excited. Well, well, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And your tour guide that brought you in, also very much a, a host, co-host, big part of the Housing Hour, Richard Swan, is with us as well. 
Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here and uh, great to be, have Carmen with us yeah, today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think the best first step here to do is um, allow you just an opportunity to kind of give us a 30,000 foot view of what you guys do, um, which is a lot. We were off air just actually trying to decide, you know, hey, what, what should we focus on? Because you have so many ministries. But give us just the, the bird's eye view, if you don't sure. mind. Sure. Thanks. Well, since 1960, CARM has been um, um, located down um, on Broadway in downtown Knoxville, serving the poor and needy of our community. And so what that looks like, um, big picture, is we like to share the story. Um, we have an equation. And so when you think about those rescue and emergency services that we offer, those coming through our doors, um, we look at rescue, and so those are those immediate needs. And so when someone is coming to CARM maybe for the first time and they're coming off the streets, they're maybe fleeing a domestic violence um, situation. Um, they've lost their job. They found themselves in a, in a hardship situation. And so we offer rescue services in the form of meals and overnight shelter. And so breakfast, lunch, and dinner to anyone in need. And so we average up to 1,000 meals a day. Um, and you see um, a wide variety of people coming through our doors. Um, a lot of them are those who are homeless. Um, some seem out of hope. Um, we see elderly couples coming through our food lines who they're not staying with us overnight. They have their own living situation. But when you're faced with um, trying to decide what bills to pay, what you're, how you're going to disperse your, um, your money, Sometimes meals, they need help. And so it's not necessarily for those who are homeless. We see a variety of faces coming through our food lines. Um, we've even seen UT students from time to time. Mm -hmm. So it's just those who are faced with some, with some needs there for food. Um, three meals a day, and we offer overnight shelter. Um, we have a men's overnight shelter that houses a, a little over 200 beds every night, as well as a women's overnight shelter. So we have capacity there for a little over 100. So on average, every night between our men's and women's shelter and our recovery program for women that's located off campus, um, we provide housing for up to 300 people um, every night. That's amazing. And there's, there's housing for those individuals. And, you know, you, you have families that come that don't have any place, whether that be a hardship, maybe it's a fire, or maybe they don't have insurance. There's a variety of things. So it's not just the typical what you might think of as being someone who is, you know, those people exist too, but you also have families that come, right? We do. We do. And so families will come, and we also have an opportunity for single mothers with their children to reside at our women's recovery program. Mm -hmm. So that's an option too. Um, and it is, you know, and, I, and I'm glad you said that because the face of homelessness is so diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had, we've had brilliant people come through our doors. Um, brilliant, and I say brilliant and in the, in the, in just diverse. Again, you know, may, you know, I remember the story of a woman whose husband, um, it was white-collar crime. And mm -hmm. so one day she's living in suburbia. Things are going well, you know, and then there, through the course of that day, her husband's arrested all of their possessions are confiscated. Housing is gone. And she finds herself in a situation, what do I do? She had employment, but all of a sudden found herself with nowhere to stay. So she came to CARM and stayed with us for just a short amount of time just to get, get her bearings. And, mm. um, but she would spend the night with us, um, get up and go to her job every day. 
and come back to CARM. But we were there as that safety net for her. And so she had that time where she could relax and not be so stressed and knew that there was a safe option for her. And mm. so, um, and just like I said, brilliant minds, musicians, um, people who are well-educated, but they just find themselves in a situation that has been out of their control. A big thing that we all, I, I say this all the time because the different things that we're involved with, it's always that, you know, this is, this is not a handout. This is a hand up. And so for that example you just gave, you know, someone needed to help her bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for CARM, you know, would she have found something else? Maybe, right? But there are, there are such amount, so many people that are volunteering, that are donating, that are giving, that are a part of CARM year-round that are there in June, that are there for people in July. It's not just November, December, right? Exactly. I mean, we're open 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, and it takes a lot to run our ministry. And so um, we rely heavily on the support of our community through volunteers, like you said, um, and just our amazing staff. So I wanted to dig in a little bit, too, with, we, you know, because we are in November and we know that the holidays do bring some special times. And for someone who's going through a very tough time, maybe that be that they lost their job and they found themselves homeless, and now they have a family to take care of. You guys are helping them bridge the gap. Or maybe you have a mother who has become addicted to an opioid, or maybe they are um, you know, have alcoholism, whatever the addiction is. So you have a variety of things. So what, what part do you guys play in that holiday season for people who are involved with CARM? Not just the volunteers, which is another huge thing, but also the people who are residing there, or the people who are just in the area that need a need a hot meal on Thanksgiving. Right, and so um, the holidays are one of my favorite times at CARM. Um, when you think about just our own family traditions and things that you look forward to over the holidays, um, you know, people who are experiencing homelessness, they have memories of the holidays, and they have traditions that they're missing. And I think, you know, we know and we're very aware at CARM that the holidays can stir up a lot of emotions and people who are experiencing homelessness. So for that reason, we do our best to make sure the holidays are a really special time for the men and women and children who are at CARM as well. Um, because it does. I remember, you know, we had, um, last year we had the Knoxville Opera come through and do um, um, a Christmas presentation. And oh, re- that's cool. And I remember a gentleman in the lobby, he was crying, and he said, you know, that was one of the favorite memories I had of my mother when we would sing Christmas carols. Mm. And so that was just bringing up a lot of emotion in him. And it was just a really special time for him to feel connected and just he was at home. Mm. That was going to be his home. And Carm was going to be serve as those memories that he had of his mom. So um, we do our best to make sure that our guests um, have a sense and get to enjoy um, Enjoy the holidays, and we do that um, with Thanksgiving's coming up, so that's the first one. Well, and let me tell you, too, just mm-hmm. yesterday we had an amazing Veterans Day um, mm, service. And so um, we were able to acknowledge um, some of our veterans who stay with us, and we had a special sit-down dinner for them, um, and then they were acknowledged for the branch of the service that they were in. And so they were just um, publicly acknowledged for that and got pinned, it was a really special um, opportunity. So that happens wow. annually every year for Veterans Day. But as we look ahead to Thanksgiving, um, again, we are going to do our best to replicate 
that traditional Thanksgiving meal that everyone gets to have with mm. all of the fixings. And so we, um, we turn our chapel into our dining hall. And so that is a plated Thanksgiving dinner that is amazing. Local um, Rothschilds Catering has been an amazing partner with CARM over the years. They provide all of the trimmings mm. for the Thanksgiving meal that we provide. And that is going to be um, a sit-down dinner. Um, and so we'll, we're expecting well over 500 guests to come through wow. our doors that day. Um, and it is very heavily volunteer-driven. We have mm. 200 volunteers it takes to execute that. Um, U.S. Cellular will be on site to provide um, phone service for people to call home. Oh, that's and nice. And to be able to call their loved ones. Um, but most of all, we want them to feel loved and to feel safe and to feel that they're a part of the holidays. Um, and then we look ahead towards Christmas. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of opportunities to um, just love on our guests. We do have so many community partners that do special drives. Mm -hmm. So we can always, um, you know, we're there to hand out gifts and um, just what they need to get through the holidays. Well, and I want to talk more about Christmas as well in just a moment when we get back. Uh, the, the time already goes by so fast. We're running out of time in this first segment. We do have another segment, thankfully, that we'll be able to continue talking with Danita. And um, this is so important, and I hope people are listening because there's plenty of opportunities out there. And we know that you guys want to be a participant in your community. And these are some great ways to do just that. Guys, stick around with us. We'll be right back right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host, executive director, and Pinterest star, as well as Richard Swan, a senior loan officer at Mortgage Investors Group. He also has an incredible Pinterest page as well, if you'd like to go look at it. Um, I mess with people about Pinterest. I don't know why. Um, are you on TikTok, by the way? I am not. Okay. He's not on TikTok, though. I um, do a lot on Facebook. That's about Facebook, it. Facebook. Yeah. We can find him. Um, what's your website, by the way? Um, it's Richard Swan on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure what my actual <laughs> website if you is. Go, if you go I, to MIG I online. Send it to, yeah, MIG and online and then Richard Swan. So Yeah, you just could Google Richard. Richard's been with us. How long have you been with us now? 20 years. 20 years. That's incredible. And MIG is celebrating 30 years in the mortgage industry. So Richard has been with us uh, for like a lot of that, 20 yeah. of the 30 years. Um, that's longer than me. I didn't realize you had been here longer than I have. Well, that's pretty incredible. 1994, Mark, you started. That's, right. that's when Heath Schuller finished second in the Heisman. I remember that. Um, you've been with us for 20 years, and I've been with us uh, for 17 years. Um, I, I didn't know that you'd been here that long. Congratulations. Yep. Thank, well, you thank you sir. for your service. Um, Thank to the you for industry. this company and for yeah. everything that it has meant and done. And Yeah, well, I, I, I don't see any near uh, end in sight. I think we're going to continue doing what we're doing, and we're thankful for that. We also have in studio with us, and who is our special guest, uh, Danita McCartney. She is the Chief Operations Officer at the Knoxville Area Rescue Ministries, better known as CARM, I guess. So that's kind of what the name I, all of us remember. Um I don't remember. Bert Rosen came into Faith Promise Church, I guess, where I go to church. And um, I had heard his story before, I guess, maybe a couple of times. But maybe I'd heard him interviewed, I think, maybe on Halloran's show. But hearing him tell his story there in a live audience situation and 
about his son and the whole experience and how he just felt that God had given him a message to, you know, this is what he is to do. And the passion that he clearly shows is, is profound. And he still does his, the radio spots and, you know, you just can feel that, that connection. What part uh, for you and being that you guys, I'm sure are a team, does he play still in, in the, in the company and or not the company, but the, 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 the charity. And I guess it is a company, but you guys are a nonprofit, but what part does he still play? Oh gosh. You know, um, He's an amazing leader. He's um, a great person to serve alongside. Um, and the great thing about that, and, and, Car- and Bird is a great visionary, you know, and I think that a lot of times people talk about that, like, you know, Carm does so much more. Mm. Well, you know, a big part of that is under Bert's leadership mm. and his vision for how can we enhance this program? How can we take this program a step further? What are we missing? You know, mm-hmm. where are those gaps? And so, um, his leadership is amazing. Um, and Carm, you know, has, um, I spoke to that earlier, just the staff that is assembled at Carm and all of their strengths and background. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the people that serve at Carm um, have stories like Bert does. Mm. So think about how um, we're just, um, I think we're an amazing group of just compassionate um, people who care deeply about the homeless and the needy in our community. And a lot of that, I think, comes into play when you hear um, the staff share their backstories and things that they've dealt with, you know, maybe through personally or through their family, where we can just, um, it's just a great group of people that with big, big hearts are ready to serve. And so um, Bert leads the way and is just a great example. Now, Mark, I saw you um, leaning in. Did you have something to add to that? Well, I was just going to ask, because you get to see a lot of, these folks come in and through. Um, is are there any particular success stories that you you know or have witnessed or seen of people that were down and out and had trouble? You you gave them an opportunity and they took advantage of it. I bet you she has a pocket full I and a briefcase a full. I have a ton, and you know, and the ones though that really resonate and just oh, they just they're amazing is when we just recently got to celebrate um, a young man who was celebrating his 10 years of sobriety. So he shared the story and um, he entered CARM about the same time I started working there. So about 10 years ago, um, he showed up just um, deeply addicted, just almost at death's door. Mm. And so to be able to see um, somebody put in the hard work, you know, and they may stumble a time or two, But to see them persevere and to work through the program that he was in and then to – and he's still – he's deeply involved at CARM. He's a high-impact volunteer now. And so he's coming back and he's leading tours. um, But to see him restored, you know, he's been restored to um, his family, um, to his God, and to his community, which is amazing. And so he's gainfully employed – it's just a wonderful story. So those stories I love to see. Um, and just when you think you've seen them all or just something new will come through our doors and it's just very inspiring, you know, a different, a new circumstance will come, you know, um, present itself. And so, um, it's great to see how our staff responds. Um, but love, love celebrating those long-term stories Mm -hmm. of success. You know, mental illness is one of the most, I'd say under, I guess, underappreciated disabilities or, you know, things that us as a community have to deal with. And there's been many, you know, officials that have sort of punted it because it's difficult to talk about. 
is difficult to sort of embrace and understand. And that's one thing I think I see CARM doing really well at is understanding that, you know, it may or may not be a mental illness. We, we know that there are some situations literally where it's just life circumstances and, and nothing else. But then there's also this other dynamic where you have somebody who does need some recovery program. And that's what I think is so neat. At our church, we have Celebrate Recovery. And, um, and I love, I'm one of the group leaders. And so I hear story after story. And just like you probably also hear story after story. But what I think is really cool is, you know, maybe you guys touched them and then, but you didn't hear back, but they remembered that. And that was like planting a seed. And then maybe they made it over somewhere else and they end up at Celebrate Recovery. And because of the seeds that you planted, it's really growing over here that you guys will never even hear about. I hear it all the time. You know, people talk about their journey and how they were at, you know, the death's door or at their bottom and they were looking for help and they couldn't find it, but then they found CARM and then that got them to this next stage. You'll never hear those stories because right. sometimes people are too fearful to let you know or they just want to. They just want to move on. So you, there's a lot of other stories that you just don't know about. Right, and I agree with you. But And, and it is exciting, though, too. Sometimes we hear those stories back in the form of a letter. Mm. You know, it may be like two or yeah. three years since they've left. And it's really sweet to have those um, letters. And a lot of times they are accompanied by a donation. Mm. And so how neat is that when someone has been able to share a story like, Carm was there for me when I needed them. Mm-hmm. I, I have a job. I'm doing well. This is what I can afford to send back to Carm. That's, that's really awesome. That is really cool. That is so cool. So volunteers, I'm sure, and we only have about three minute, minutes left, but I, I'm, I know that there's a lot of people that are volunteering. You do have Thanksgiving coming up on the 28th, and that's when you do your event, right? Mm-hmm. On the it 28th, is. obviously. Yes. Um, so it's late this year, so there's a little more time. Um, I know you're also, you have a lot of Christmas activities that are coming as well. Um, are you chuck full of volunteers or could you use some more? We're good with volunteers, mm-hmm. and so, but there is another opportunity, though, um, that you can serve as a volunteer. And we get a lot of questions this time of year, is like, what can we do for CARM? Um, my family wants to do something. My coworkers want to do something. My church group wants to do something. What can we do? Um, and so we love those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great way to share about CARM, where you work, um, and gain some exposure um, for CARM in our programs. Um, so I would encourage um, people who want to get engaged to think about doing some type of a drive where they work. Um, we have a couple current needs right now, and those are for underwear for men and women um, and socks. A lot of times people, it's the holidays, so they think hats, gloves, and mittens. Um, we have an abundance of hats, gloves, and mittens right mm-hmm. now. So when I asked what our current needs were before I left, they said, please share that there is a need for um, underwear and um, socks. And okay. So, and so, and I like to share, too, you know, a lot of times um, monetary support for CARM over the holidays is greatly appreciated as well. So um, the holidays, we have um, amazing support from our community as far as financial um assistance but to think about CARM outside of the holidays too every single day um, would be most appreciated absolutely and gosh we've only got one minute left in our segment here but on December 3rd in Maryville we are doing a drive for the coats for the cold so we're going to be having people come out to our office Eric Ainge is going to be there don't let that prevent you from coming out Um, we want you to I'm just kidding we want you to come out and certainly uh, get a signed autograph from Eric he was the last 
football player, last quarterback at Tennessee to beat Alabama. So he does have that on his side. Um, but it has been a true pleasure, Danita, to have you in studio with us and giving us some great information and um, very well um, spoken on behalf of CARM. And, and they have a real gem in you because you know how to communicate. And you. you've done a great job helping us to understand more. And so if you're out there listening, you know, there's, there's opportunities, there's ways that you can get involved. We'll have, of course, their website. It's a very easy website to find. It's CARM.org, K-A-R-M.org. And the site is so well put together. It is really, really nice. So I advise you guys to go and check that out if you want to learn more because there's plenty of opportunities that you can be involved with. So on behalf of Mark Griffith and us here at the Housing Hour, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.